The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on May 17, 2015, based on Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 16. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The sermon text printed in the insert is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he let captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus said to his disciples, and then he ascended, disappearing from their sight. How was he going to build up his church if he was no longer going to be visibly present with them? How was he going to instruct and guide them as he had for the previous three years during his earthly ministry? Well, from our vantage point, we can look back and see that Jesus certainly was with those apostles. Oh, he wasn't visibly present anymore, but he was with them and he was working through them to build up his body, his church. Just ten days later, on Pentecost, we hear Peter preaching the message of Jesus, the good news of the risen Savior. Three thousand were baptized. And even though persecution broke out and Stephen was stoned and others put to death, yet we also hear the gospel, we see the gospel continuing to spread as, as men like Philip told others about Jesus wherever they went. We follow Paul on his missionary journeys. Yes, Christ was building his body, building his church. And in the time after the Bible, in the centuries that followed, we can look back on that history as well and see Christianity spreading. There were those dark days as well, times of false doctrine, times of scandal. 
But throughout history, we see the Lord raising up true teachers of his word, men like Athanasius, Augustine, Luther, Walther, and others. And then we look at the world today and we see how Christianity has become the largest religion in this world and has penetrated every corner. We look back and we see that Christ has been building up his church. But maybe when we look at the present and when we look at the future, we, we wonder, is he still doing it? Is he still building up his body, the church? So many who call themselves Christians today, who are even leaders of Christian churches, have wandered far from Christian truth. The influence of Christianity in our country has dwindled, even though we still are the country that has the most Christians. And yet even here, there are fewer and fewer who even claim to be Christian. A poll by the Pew Research Institute has marked that decline of those in the United States who say they are Christian. In 2007, there were 78.4% of the population that said they were Christian. Seven years later, in 2014, that number had declined to 70.8%, about a percentage per year. What's happening? Is Christ no longer building his church? But rather than fret and wonder and worry, we have something much better, dear friends, something much better than polls or statistics. We have the Lord's promises. And in Ephesians 4, we have his promise that our ascended Lord Jesus Christ is indeed building up his body. He is building his church. And yet, he does it in ways that we can't necessarily see or measure. You know, his promise to build up the church isn't a promise of numerical growth or growth in finances or growth in influence or things like that. No, he keeps his promises in ways that, that we don't often see and, and can't measure. But that doesn't change the fact that he keeps his word. Christ builds up his body. That's the theme we want to focus on here this morning. Christ builds up his body by giving us those who speak his word, that's part one, and by keeping each of us anchored in his truth, that's part two. Now, as the text begins here, the Apostle Paul wants to assure us that Jesus as the Lord of the church, certainly has both the desire and the power to give his church what we need so that we are built up. And he does that by quoting from Psalm 68. He says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. And when we think about those words, they illustrate for us that, that Jesus has both the desire and the power to build up his church, to give his church what we need. He has the desire to do so because, as Paul brings out in the following verses, Jesus, who ascended, is the same one who, first of all, descended. And why did he come down from heaven? To rescue us, to save sinners, to, to 
win the war for us. We were held captive by sin, Satan, and death. But Jesus in his great love came down. So great was his desire to set us free. So great was his desire to win the war that he left the, the mansions of heaven and came down here to fight our battle for us. We confess with Luther, fast bound in Satan's chains I lay. Death brooded darkly o'er me. Sin was my torment night and day. In sin my mother bore me. That was our condition. We were enslaved and held captive, but Jesus came down and he broke those chains for you and me. He shattered Satan's power. He rescued us. That is something we could not have done on our own. We did not have that power. With might of ours could not be done. Soon were our loss effected. But for us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. You ask, who is this? Jesus Christ it is, the Almighty Lord, and there is no other God. He holds the field forever. He is the victor. He, in fact, descended into hell itself to parade in triumph through Satan's capital. And so, as we look at our Lord ascending, we see both his desire and his power to give us what we need so that his church is built up. We see his great grace, love, and mercy that had brought him down to rescue us sinners who deserve death and damnation, but yet he set us free. He broke those chains. And now as our ascended Lord, he reigns over all. He has that power. Everything is beneath him. Even Satan and death. And what does he now give? As our ascended Lord, what does he give? to build up his body, the church. Well, what does the text say here? It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Do you see what all those have in common? They all speak God's word. For it is through his word that he builds up his church. And so he gives to his church those who Speak his word. And at the top of the list is the apostles. For it is, you see, to the apostles, Jesus spoke his word directly. First of all, during his three years of ministry, and then afterwards, he gave the apostles direct revelation so that they knew what to say. He, he led them to remember all that they needed. He gave them the, the Holy Spirit so that what they spoke were the words that came not from their own imaginations or desire, but from God himself. And these apostles not only spoke this message, they also wrote it down. The New Testament is the testimony of the apostles. Not just their own thinking, it, it, it is what God himself, Jesus himself led them to write. And that is how God, or Jesus, still gives to us the apostles. Even though the apostles are long dead, we still have them right here, as they speak to us through the word of God. Still today, the Lord gives us the apostles through the written word. And that is how God gave his direct revelation. Prophets are those who proclaim the message God has revealed through his apostles. Evangelists are those who bring that message to others, telling them the good news of Jesus who haven't heard it before. 
and pastors or teachers are those who feed God's word to the flock uh, that Jesus has called them to serve. And yet, as we go on here, we see that Jesus doesn't give us these people who speak his word so that they by themselves do the work of building the church. No. Building up the body of Christ is not just the pastor's job or the Christian teacher's or missionary's job. But notice what it says here. God gives these people to prepare God's people. That's each of you here. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. God sends us these people who teach his word so that each one of us can be prepared for those works of service that together build up the church, build up Christ's body. And what are those works of service that God's word prepares us for? Well, here are some examples. God's word prepares us for works of service by preparing us to, to show Christian kindness, love, and forgiveness to others so that, they, so that we have the opportunity to share with them what moves us to do such things, namely the love of Christ for us and for them. God's word prepares us to generously support the work of the church with our prayers and offerings as his word fills our hearts with that joy and thankfulness that knows that all that we have is the great gift of our Lord and Savior. God's word prepares us for, uh, to build up the body of Christ as it, 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 it teaches us how to encourage and uh, instruct and correct our fellow Christians, not from our own opinions, but from the word of God itself, so that we build up one another in the faith and call back the strain. God's word prepares us for works of service that build up the body of Christ as God's work, word enables us to carry out our daily responsibilities at home, at church, at school, at work, in the community, but to do those things in a way that, that shows we're not doing it for our own pride or, or glory. We're doing it for the Lord's glory. We're doing it so that others will praise our Father in heaven. Yes. The work of building up the church isn't just for pastors, it's for each of us. And it's through his word and through those God gives us that teach us his word that we are all prepared to do the work of building up Christ's church, of sharing that good news, of letting others know. And that's why it's so important that we, we know what the truth is. We know what God's word says, or in other words, that we stay anchored in God's truth is the second part we want to briefly touch on here. Notice the, the picture that Paul uses or that that Paul uses here. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. We want a childlike faith, but we don't want to remain childish or like an infant in our faith. A childish faith is the kind that says, well, I already learned about Jesus. That's all I need to know, and so don't try to teach me anything more. That kind of faith won't last long on the oceans of this world. A childlike faith remains 
humble and trusting, taking God at his word, and yet it always wants to learn more about our Savior Jesus. It wants to grow, to know him better and better. It wants to mature in its knowledge. And how important that is in the world we live in where there's every kind of wind of false teaching blowing in every which direction. You really want to be an infant blown around by that wind? So many ideas can be blown around us and we wonder, what's true anymore? Some have even concluded that, well, all those Christian churches must just teach basically the same thing. And yet, what a lie that is, because if the churches did teach basically the same thing, there wouldn't be the different denominations or divisions, for the truth unites. And yet so many waves pound against us in every which direction that some may just figure, well, whatever way the wind's blowing today must be okay. We really want to be an infant blown around by all the winds of teaching. Rather, dear Christian friends, be anchored in God's truth. Be anchored in the Holy Scriptures. Don't figure that something is the truth simply because the pastor or the church or the, the synod says so. Know that it's the truth because you know that's what the Bible says. Yes, God gives us those who speak his word to guide us and instruct us, but don't take my word for it as your pastor. Simply let me be your guide to show you that this is really what God is saying not what I'm saying, it's not my spin, my opinion, my interpretation, it's what the Bible clearly and plainly teaches. That's how we keep our faith anchored, by going back to the scriptures again and again. The deeper we dig into the scriptures, the more firmly our faith is anchored, anchored in God's truth. And as that truth fills your heart, the more you grow in faith and knowledge, maturing. And the more you mature in your faith and knowledge, the more you're able to be a help to your fellow Christians. So that like a body, we are each like the ligaments holding each other together, united by the truth as we speak that truth to each other, united by that truth in, in love and knowledge and faith, holding the body together by the word of God. For you see, Christ builds up his body not only by bringing in new people, but also by strengthening you who are already here. If you think about it, when we talk about body building, that often just means strengthening the body already. And that is certainly part of the way Christ builds his church. Yes, he does bring others in, but he also builds up you who are here keeping you anchored in the truth all the more firmly. And so we can look at statistics and polls, and they have their place and their use. But keep your eyes focused on the Lord of the church. He makes his body grow. Don't let bad numbers worry you. Don't let good numbers inflate your pride. Rather, keep looking up to the one who has ascended on high. Remember that he first came down and he has won the war for you and for me. And now that he has ascended and reigns over all, he is the one 
who builds up his body. He builds up his body by giving us those who speak his word and by keeping each of us anchored in his truth. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.